talking creative empowerment, purpose, and collaboration with your feelings and your concerns. Be gifted. Be enlightened. Be a part of gifted autonomy. What's up, people? Happy Saturday, and welcome to Gifted Autonomy, where we provide a safe space for underrepresented creatives to duly change the world by sharing their unique experiences on their road to greatness. It's a beautiful day for life, peace, and love, and we're so excited to have a very special guest with us today on the show. You know what? I've been so looking forward to this interview. We're just gonna hop right in it today. So I'll let my co-host, artist Larry Silver, take it away and introduce our guest for the day. He'll also be leading the first half of our interview, so make sure you guys have your pen and paper ready to take notes. All right, I'm so excited to, uh, for who we have today. Uh, we have Edward Gray. Uh, Edward Gray is a simple man. He is a husband to his lovely wife, Sharita Gray, and their four children, uh, three, three girls and one boy. Ed is an uh, acclaimed drummer performing for many gospel artists and smooth jazz artists such as Blake Aaron, Jaquim Joyner, Willie Bradley, Bradley Rob uh, Tardick, and Jay Sanseverino, and many more. He and his wife penned their own book titled, I Do, But How Do I? Where they spoke on shows like The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson and Chris Cruz, The Ty and Cody on Purpose Show, the Renee Sunday Show, uh, USA Radio, Breakaway, and Claude Jenny Show, and the Black CEO Show. Also, Ed has written articles for magazines such as the Alabaster Magazine, Kish Magazine, Mary and Young Magazine. And uh, also, I'm proud to say that uh, uh, Ed is also a friend of mine in real life. So, um, Ed, Edward, are you with us? Hey, I'm here. I'm here. What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> man, we're glad to have you with us, man. I remember um, when we seen you back uh, in 2019, which was before the pandemic. Right. Uh, yeah, man, at the perfect note. And I was amazed. We were amazed at your talents as a musician. Oh, man, and I'm humble. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, Appreciate man. Now I've even witnessed you pin notes for uh, an upcoming show. And uh, I just wanted to take time to acknowledge that and you know where where did your where did your love of music come from? Oh man, that's a really good question. I don't even know. Um, mm-hmm. As far back as I can remember, um, I've played drums. Um, yeah. My first memory uh, is of me playing drums, uh, trying to impress my dad's friend who was coming to work on the car uh, at our house, and um, I just wanted him to see me playing drums and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my first memory. So uh, it's always been drums. So that's the passion, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. Well, man, I want to say, man, you're a talented man. And like I said, we was amazed. I used to be a percussionist myself. So, man, it just right, that's right. you doing your thing, man, it definitely, it definitely was amazing. 
uh, also, uh, I mean, now I know there are people out there that's listening. And there are so many relationships and marriage questions that people have. And I just want to let every everybody know that we're going to try our best to tackle the right questions. And <laughs> we know if, you know, if this is this was an actual panel, we know we will be up here all day, you know, different questions from different people. So, um, well, we're going to hop right into it. Uh, give the people a little background about yourself, uh, where you're from, and uh, how did you and uh, Miss Gray meet? Uh, well, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised. Um, uh, went to Woodland High School. I attended uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham for a few years. Um, and the way that me and Sharita met was really kind of interesting. I I try to make it as quick as I can, but um, we met like way back in uh, the days of MySpace when that was hot. Okay. <laughs> uh, she uh, hit me up um, on MySpace, and I I actually thought that she was a spam because um, it was a, a message from somebody I didn't know who lived in uh, like clear across the country, and I was like who is this and I, I almost deleted the message and um but I didn't I was like let me just try it out because I thought she was cute so I was like let me just say something simple and if she says something back then she's a real person if not then I know it's spam so she uh, messaged me back like a whole paragraph I was like oh she's cool so we um like exchanged numbers after we had like messaged each other after we had messaged each other for a few you know times and we exchanged numbers and we became like long distance friends who had never <laughs> physically met. Yeah. And I would tell her like all of, you know, what was going on in my life. And she would tell me what was going on in hers. And then I uh, had a, a kid and me and my kid's mom uh, got married and uh, then we divorced. And um, I had uh, stopped talking to Sharita during that time of uh, being married. And so after my first uh, divorce, <clears throat> excuse me, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a, a picture of Sharita and all, all the picture said was me. And I was like, you. <laughs> so I messaged her on Facebook and uh, again, we started uh, communicating and um, things moved quickly. We finally met in person and it's like we never stopped being friends and she was uh I, I went to where she lived and she came back to where I lived and and I was like, hey, you gotta move here. Like like let's get let's let's make something out of this. And uh and here we are. <laughs> oh man, oh, great story, man. Oh man, it so good that she was real, man. It could have been it, you know, it could have went another way, man. We don't know, but Yeah. I, <laughs> here's something real quick I told her, I was like uh, when you come meet me in person, I was like, if you, if you're a man or or something, <laughs> you need to tell me now, cause I'm gonna punch you in the face if <laughs> if I if you get here and I realize that you're not who I thought you were all this time. So, <laughs> oh, man, man, that's a great story, man. That's a great story. I mean, thanks. So, like, how did this all started? Like, what grabbed your interest in relationships and marriage? Um. I think I've always been involved in relationships. Um, I just didn't know that I would be doing marriage. Um, 
me being a musician, like, I've always, like, connected, like, the keyboard player with a drummer or a bass player that he needed to meet or a singer with a, 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 a keyboard player that she needed to meet or um, someone who was getting uh, engaged and they needed a band. Like, I was always connecting uh, individuals who I thought would fit. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always been a part of me to, you know, connect relationships. I just didn't know that it would be in the area of marriage. Um, but I think the way that me and my wife got started down this journey was that, you know, we thoroughly believe in marriage and we saw how there was a lack of uh, people really desiring to be married. It's like, it almost kind of begged the question, like, what is marriage? Like, people just have weddings, <laughs> you know, and and then have divorces. Like, no one's really being married. So we would always just be like, like, what is marriage? And it just kind of developed into what it is now. We didn't really have a, a strategy, you know, it just kind of was what it was, you know. <laughs> and that's interesting, too, what you said about how you took music and your relation to music. So is it that people are kind of like instruments and certain instruments can go with each other or certain instruments that are, are in tune with one another? I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear you. The music is a little loud. If I... Yeah, can, can you hear me? D- there you go. Can talk now. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, saying that that, yeah. that was a good, uh, what you were saying that as people, like, are we compared to like instruments? Is how you how you relate instruments to people? Like, yeah. are certain instruments are people that are in tune with one another? Yeah. Because certain instruments have a certain section or in tune with one another with the notes and everything. It's the same way how people are viewed as, or how you kind of draw relations from that when it comes to uh, relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's all it's all about relationships because, like, even in music, um, what I've found is that the best bands. Mm-hmm. Um, generally um, are people who have relationships like I know um, outside of the stage um, so mm-hmm. like some of my best memories of playing drums were with you know some of my closest friends who I have actual relationships with outside of music you know mm-hmm. that chemistry carries on onto the stage and like the our friendship displays itself through the music and people are more uh enjoy it more because we love what we do and we love each other as homies or whatever you know mm-hmm. and it just it, it carries through to the audience so you know yeah that's that's a very cool relation i never heard no one put it like that before but it makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> yeah and um as you know in today's society is you know it's less role oriented. So how like how is marriage today different from the past? Um that is a good question. Um I think that today's society women have more rights. Mm-hmm. Um so in the past like it was everything like the guy brought home all the money or you know the bulk of it and the woman took care of the kids Uh, in today's society the woman 
makes just as much if not more than the husband and he's taking care of the kids you know what i'm saying so um but i think you know there there are significant differences but i also think that you know a lot of things have haven't changed i think that um the essence of marriage is is still the same like if you desire to be with someone then it doesn't matter if it's the husband or the wife who's you know watching the kids or you know working or outside the home or you know whatever it is like the relationship should be the the center of of the focus of the marriage and not who's you know doing what supposed role you know but yeah definitely definitely yeah yeah that's right that's right um I mean, it, love has to be the center of it all, no matter what. For sure. Yeah. So how long does it take to get to know somebody for marriage? And, you know, uh, can truly, like, like how long does it take? Because can you truly fully know your partner due to, due to going through changes throughout life? Um. Yeah. I, I honestly think like that. The changes are what hold the marriage together. Um, the, mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, challenges such as, like, trauma is, like, I know uh, my wife and I lost a kid um, when we first got together, um, you know, through miscarriage. And that trauma brought us together closer because neither one of us had been through anything like that. Uh, well, I didn't say we haven't been through anything like that, but it was our first encounter of something to that magnitude together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it can yeah. either pull you together or it can pull you apart. Um, mm-hmm. So um, how long does it take to actually, you know, know someone? I think it's it's an ever-evolving door. You, you got to keep walking through it and, you know, bending with the, with the, with the changes. You know, I yeah. think a, a lot of times where people get stuck is, you know, when our spouse changes and we don't change with them or mm-hmm. we try to stop them from changing, you know, like change is good as long as there's growth from it. You know, um, I think a lot of times what happens is we get stagnant and that's when we start saying, well, I don't know you anymore. Yeah, you were changing with them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's true. That's true. I've I've heard a lot of stories and seen a lot of things where you know one another they don't change on the same accord. Or first sight of change, um, there are marriages and relationships that get discouraged. Yeah, when they first see it. Yeah, that's and that's disheartening and dis discouraging to a lot of people who may be, you know, um, admiring that particular couple. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless to what you may think people are always watching you and your marriage you know and how you handle certain situations um will alter how other people develop in their own relationships you know i i think that your marriage is always on display and not that you should be doing things for other people but that you should always be aware that it's more than just you and your spouse in, you know, involved in all this. <laughs> Man, well said, well said. 
we all have goals, right? And we want to reach reach those goals. And, you know, at a time we can get boggled down and working on those goals. And our partners' support and understanding is supremely important because without, you know, without that support, we can get lost in why, you know, we are doing something. And if marriage, if the marriage is falling apart, you know, and I guess it's like, I guess it's like, what's the point of your purpose if things are beginning to, you know, if your marriage is suffering from it? So, I, um, so if there's a thin line between chasing your purpose while in a marriage and being selfish for the things that you want or feel that, that is best for your family, but at the same time, not being able to spend time with your, your family. So how do we how do we work that balance of handling business and home life? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it's selfish if you make it selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think the balance comes in. I, I hate using this word, but is 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 kind of what's needed right here but communication like so and in our marriage I do a lot of work outside of the house you know I'm gigging I'm you know promoting the book or you know um but to me my wife is very much a part of all of that regardless to whether anybody sees her out with me or uh if she's like visibly um uh accessible to people like when I do videos or whatever you may not see her but you don't realize how much she actually is involved in in that you know so I think the communication part is 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 has to be heavy in in that aspect of it because if she doesn't know what's going on then she will feel left out especially if I'm pursuing everything you know in the name of I'm doing this for y'all you know but I'm the only person doing anything with it. Like, I include my wife in everything, even if it's, like, just a decision. Like, babe, we need to do this, or I'm about to do this. Like, just so she's aware. So what do you feel, dude? Does this date work for you, you know, that I'm going to do this? Or, you know, would you... Were you planning on us having a date that night, you know? Mm. I want to know how she feels about what... I'm doing for us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So it's like don't separate the per- the purpose and your marriage is all as one. Yeah. Don't separate it. Like even when you're going out and um, you know, of course you have to work and do things that you have to do to promote or or whatever business or whatever it is that you have to do, but also spending time with your partner and your family, that's part of it as well because you don't want your at you know your personal life to get too crazy because it can affect your business for sure that's yeah. that i'm glad that you got that from what i said <laughs> you said it better than me but that's exactly what i'm saying like uh, it like what the the bible says like what good does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul well i'm also like what good does it profit you to gain the whole world and you ain't got nobody to share it with you know what I'm saying? Like the whole purpose of me doing any of this is so that I can share it 
with my wife. Share it with my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, we did this. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't do what I do without her help. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, some a large part of the ideas that I have for videos or music or whatever come from her. Like, from conversations with her. Mm. Um, yeah. And things of that nature. And I also give you this that I heard from my, like, T.D. Jakes. And he said, um, you're going to fail at something every day. Your goal should be not to fail at the same thing every day. You know what I'm saying? And so I took that and I live by that. Like, I know I'm not going to always have, uh, for lack of a better word, time for my wife, time for my kids, time for myself even, you know, because I'm trying to, you know, write a book, go speak here, play this gig, go to work, you know, whatever. But I also know that I can't just neglect them all together. Like, I need to make sure that, you know, if I miss my wife time, um, she wanted to talk to me about something on Monday, Tuesday, I need to be making space for her to have that conversation. Or if I miss my kid's baseball game or whatever this Saturday, then maybe I need to make sure that I'm at the practices on Wednesday and try to make the game on the following Saturday. Like, you got to make it up somewhere so that people know that you care. Because, like, what's the old saying? Like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I want to make sure that my wife, my kids, everybody knows, hey, I care. I may not be able to make everything, but I'm going to try to make the majority of it so that you know that, like, making money, making uh, fame or whatever isn't more important to me than making sure that you know that I love you, you know, and you ain't have to do anything for that. So. Man, we are learning a lot. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And um, so um, uh, next question is how, how long does it really, really take for a person to actually realize that uh, they are married and can no longer think just for themselves? Like, when does reality sets in for them? Because we was in uh, marriage counseling uh, when we were engaged in uh, it was a newlywed counseling that we went to and they had people people to come up there and speak or whatever and they were saying that the average for the average person the realization comes within uh, was it eight, eight to nine years yeah. it's eight to nine years for them to actually realize that they are married and I thought that was an extremely long time right. so um, so what, like, what do you think when does reality set in? And then, I mean, it may not be like a certain year or a certain time, but it could be a certain situation, you know, or it could be just based on their timing. Like, what, when does it reality set in for, you know, that that this, you know, the selfishness to kind of fall off? Because I know, you know, part in your book, you know, you spoke on the I versus the we, right? So when did that? it set in for for people for couples oh man y'all asking some good questions <laughs> you won't put too much pressure now we, nah we, you're good keep them coming i like it keep them <laughs> on toes yeah. um i i think whenever you can finally come to the end of yourself as long as you think single or feel single or think i me and my as long as that's your focus that's mm-hmm. going to be your focus. 
Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the, defi- the, 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 the sorry, the dividing factor in your marriage. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that there is a time frame on it. I, I think that it's when you get to the end of yourself. And I, I kind of go back to something I said earlier about trauma. I think trauma, people kind of run away from trauma. And, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, who wants to deal with trauma? But I think sometimes the point, or not necessarily the point, but the, the, uh, the good thing that may come from trauma is that it, in a lot of cases, it causes you to not focus on what's wrong with you. Because if we share this trauma together, then unless I'm just really self-centered, <laughs> I my goal is to make sure that you're good. Like I, I referenced that, you know, when we um, had our miscarriage, like I experienced trauma, but my wife experienced trauma. You know what I'm saying? But I couldn't focus on totally on just, you know, how bad I felt about losing a kid. I was concerned about my wife. She lost a kid. Like, how can I help her through this devastating moment? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my my focus became like, I want to make sure that she's good. So from that regard, in my opinion, I don't think it took us eight or nine, whatever years. I think when I got out of my own way and began to think of her over myself, not mean that I neglect myself, but that like she's the priority at the moment. Mm-hmm. then I'm out of the way. She's the priority. And then when she sees that she's my priority, then that law of reciprocation kind of comes back into effect and I become her priority. Because now she's, since she's felt my concern for her, she's like concerned about me. Well, how do you feel, you know, about losing this kid? You know? Yeah, you, you receive it back. It's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I can definitely see why, um, I, and I don't think it takes, you know what I mean? I, and I know they say it's an average, but I guess it's, like I said, people are different. People go through situations and certain things may, you know, set in, you know, different for them. Uh, right. and like you said, going through struggle or trauma or something like that, it'll definitely mend people together closer. Mm-hmm. And, and they definitely move forward together as a union. So, um, um, is marriage supposed to be for happiness or duty? <laughs> that's, 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 uh, cause I see couples or marriages and I, when I watch things and so on and, and you have, you know, there's people like, well, it's a job, you know, marriage is like a, a job or, it's, you know, or, you know, you have those that, you know, choose happiness and and things and such, I, it's it's almost kind of like uh, you know it's a it's it's one says this, one says the other, and for for others it could be both. But you know, I guess so. Is marriage supposed to be for happiness or duty? <laughs> um. Wow. Those. Uh, I think my opinion is 
those are two of the most misleading words or descriptions for why people should get married. Okay. I I personally think that marriage should be for life. And, you know, not just life as it relates to the number of years, but life as it relates to growth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you two should be consistently growing and evolving. And sometimes those days won't always be happy. Sometimes it may be filled with some duty. Like, you may need to take out that trash. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, But I think that it should also be filled with delight. Like, if, if I'm doing life with you, like, I don't want my relationship to feel like a job. I have a job for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but every day can't be, you know, sunshine and, and, and rainbows either. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you have to take the good with the bad. And I, I kind of think of it in in relationship to like a gardener right so any good gardener um will have to either chop or prune his plant but either way the plant is gonna get cut now it's up to you to determine like are you gonna get pruned or are you gonna get cut and either way how do you deal with those realities So, you know, to me, I think it should just be for life. Like, you know, like if I'm, if I'm choosing to spend the rest of my number of years life with you, then I should also be willing to grow with you, you know, and develop with you. And it kind of goes back to that whole, um, like, am I bending with you? Am I changing with you? Or am I resisting the changes and now I'm not happy and now this does feel like duty all the time. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where a lot of people get messed up is because I didn't make the turn with you. And when you turn, I kept going straight and now I don't see you and now I'm not happy and now this feel like working. I don't, I, you know, we falling out of love and all this type of stuff. And it's like, hey man, like, we weren't growing together. So I think it should be for, for life and as it relates to growth and like development. I agree. I agree. And that's the best um, the best way I've ever heard someone uh, uh, say that before. Um, it's definitely well-worded and, and I agree. I definitely agree. It should be for life and that's the word that's missing from that. I mean, of course, we got happiness and, and duty, but you don't see life in there. Yeah, man. Uh, so, do you think do opposites really attract? <laughs> uh, I think they can. Um, like, as it relates to me and my wife, we're polar opposites, but we're also a lot alike. And mm-hmm. so, I think you need someone who's opposite of you to kind of fill in the voids of where you may be lacking you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying Mm -hmm. but you also don't need the consistent friction so you do need to be alike in areas as well because like 
I think my wife and I are, are very much alike in the fact that we're very private people. You know, I love that about her. And I love the fact that I know um, I can make a decision and she not be there. And I know that I'm not going to be in trouble for making a decision because we're alike in that area. And I know even if I were to pick up the phone and call her just to check, she'd be like, babe, you already know, like this area, like we're alike. So just make the decision. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important to, to be alike in some regards, but I think it also does help to have someone to be opposite because like the in our area of op- opposites is parenting <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know i'm more of a hey get your homework done sit down get over there come in you know <laughs> you know all that stuff but she's more like hey kids like i think i think it's time for homework you know and mm-hmm. neither is wrong I, I suppose you know but it's just different approaches and sometimes you know I can be overbearing you know towards my kids or whatever I'm sure you know and she'll say babe you know like you didn't have to go that hard on them and it, it causes me to be like you know what you're right you know or whatever but I needed that so that I'm not being something to my kids that might reflect negative negatively on them or me, you know, mm-hmm. going going forward. So I don't know if yeah. that answers your question, but oh no, no, that's <laughs> it's good to have somebody there to, to check you. You know right. what I mean? Because you you never know if there's nobody there to tell you you're going too far. You don't know how far you're going. Exactly. So exactly. So definitely, it's good to have um, the balance between uh, whatever that person' weakness is and the other person's strength. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that keep I keep that keeps it well balanced. And um should um how should people approach marriage? You know, like should it be conditional or unconditional? <laughs> and <laughs> and um, with that is what I'm saying is if you're on a team, you're mm-hmm. playing sports, right? Right. You know that you can be replaceable right. if you don't be on your 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 top A game. So that's why, you know, a person going to practice, they're going to try to be the best they can be because they know that, they, you know, that they can be replaceable. Right. Somebody can take their spot or they won't get in. Right. You know, and with that, some people, you know, end up being the best that they can be or the greatest of all time, right. you know. And I guess with that and how that compares to the question is, um, with conditional knowing that a person wants to be with you but don't have to be with you that that is there somewhat a motivation for people or should it be unconditional where okay that person gonna love me no matter what i can just do whatever and it don't matter they gonna love me you know and that's like the compared to how your parents love you like how your mom and dad will love you is unconditional it wishes based on you know your survival you know mm-hmm. so should you know should it basically be through through thick and thin or does it all depends basically so conditional uh, <laughs> or unconditional what's the best approach for a person to go within a marriage to go within a marriage to uh I guess it depends on what mindset they have so what, what you think about that 
<laughs> I think that's a good question. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, trying. Yeah, you 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 working me? I, I I like it. I like it. Um, I I think. I don't like putting labels on things. And the reason I don't is because I think it forces you into a box. So I think that both are true. I think that you should love someone unconditionally. But I don't think that you should abuse that uh unconditionalness of it. Like you don't, you shouldn't be at, you shouldn't be out here doing whatever you want to do. You want to go, you know, robbing people and I'm supposed to still want to be married to you. You out here got 511, you know, uh, girlfriends on the side and I'm supposed to still be faithful to you. Like, you know, I think when when we say that anything goes, I think that's when we get in trouble. Mm. On the flip side, I think con- putting conditions on it puts conditions on it. You know, like... If you don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? And I think, again, that's an extreme. I think that you should be conditioned to some point to know that you can't be replaced. But as your spouse, I don't need to throw that up in your face. You know you can be replaced, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think the condition should become in the fact of knowing that, like, Yes, you can be replaced. So do what you can do to be the best version of you so that I don't have to even think about replacing you. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. as it relates to the unconditional part, like, I think you do need conditions. Um, I think, you, let me word it right. Unconditional doesn't mean do whatever you want. It means that in, in our marriage, like I love you unconditionally, but you still need to do things to be the star player. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just because I I don't have any intentions of replacing you doesn't mean that. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I word this right so my wife won't cuss me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. I love you unconditionally. That's 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 fact. That doesn't give you legal right to go do whatever you want. But I also want you to be conditioned to knowing that you should want to look your best for me. So I should be wanting to look my best for you. I should want to eat healthier, you know, so that I'm in best condition for us. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think both are important but I also don't think that you should just take either and use it as like well I'm I'm good you know I'm gonna do whatever I want because you love me unconditional you know yeah. like <laughs> man I, I agree that was that was well put man that was well put and I and I do feel like you know certain things can put people in the box and labels and I don't think it has to be one or the other, it could be both combined together yeah. to, to make the best outcome. Uh, man, I'm gonna switch it over to uh, to my wife. Okay. Um, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna hurt you no more with these questions. Ah. <laughs> to get this knife out my back. <laughs> All right, I'm switching over to her. All right. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna ask. You guys pretty much covered a wide array of marriage questions, so uh-huh. I've kind of dialed mine back to just asking about the process and your journey as a writer because. I don't know how much background Larry gave you, but um, our show was originally created just for creatives to have, a, you know, a good safe space to basically if, you know, something may be going wrong on their journey as a, as a writer or artist, just having that space to relate right. and be able to share their stories with, with an audience. This is really cool. I appreciate y'all doing this. This is yeah. cool. No problem. So I definitely wanted to give them a little bit of the side of your actual journey as a writer. Mm-hmm. So that's where these questions will pretty much entail. Just giving you the background. So I wanted to ask, what was your process like publishing the book? Uh, you mean from 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 the very conception of like we we have an idea, or just yeah. the actual publishing? Um, all of it, and and just mentioning if you, because I don't know if you self-published or if you went to a publisher. So just mention, you know, kind of the entire journey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So our journey was, um, as far as it relates to writing the book, um, it took us some time. You know, having kids, like you don't just have time <laughs> uh, to to write. So we would. Like, we knew we wanted to write on marriage. We didn't know what. So we had, like, 26 or more, like, different topics um, that we kind of... So what do you think about this? Let's write it down. I don't know. Let's, so everything, you know, we thought that we wanted to talk about, we, we wrote it down. And then that kind of morphed into, like, subgroups, okay. you know? And then, so we just kind of took it and started, like, well, let's meet... You know, once the kids are down at 9, 10, whatever time they went to sleep, like, for the next hour, like, let's just talk. And we'll record our talking, and, you know, then we'll worry about the writing aspect. Like, let's just get the ideas out, you know. And then I would go back and listen to the recordings, and I would write down the key points of whatever it was that we talked about. And then that developed into, you know, like, sentences and paragraphs and, you know... She said this, I said that, but I hate books that say, well, Tom says, and then Sheila says, and then Tom says, so it was like, well, how do we make this like one, you know, we're married. How do we make this one voice? Yeah. So, um, I just, you know, prayed about it and, you know, wrote from like a third person aspect of what we both said. So no one knows if she said it or if I said it, you know? Yeah. And then, so we did that. And so the next process was just trying to, uh, it it worked itself down to like six chapters, basically. Or six, um, yeah, I'll say six chapters. And so, you know, it's like, all right, next we need to be trying to figure out, like, how do we publish this? And we didn't know anything about it. So what we did know was that I had a um a a very known um uh musician um I won't mention his name um but he's produced a lot of like major gospel albums and he had written a book that he self published and he was um uh visiting with us uh at our church and you know was talking you know and I just decided to ask him like hey man so I see you published your book like tell me about it. And he started telling me about self-publishing. 
mm-hmm. and the the ins and outs of you know or the benefits in, in from his vantage point you know for self-publishing right and so i took that information kind of you know put a, a mental note about it and wrote down you know what i got from it and then my pastor he's got like three maybe four by now um best sellers where he used a traditional publisher mm-hmm. and so i took that uh, I talked to him and he told me that the benefits and the non-benefits of a traditional publisher. And so we just took that information and, you know, that made an informed decision on what we thought was best for us. And so we decided to go uh, and self-publish. Um, but through a traditional publishing type of company. So what that means is like, I, we wrote the book, Right. And we still own the rights to our book. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the difference between self-publishing and traditional publishing. And so the company that we use, like, we use their editors. So we went back and forth with the editors, you know, several times saying, you know, it's ultimately our decision as to what goes into our book. But they do make suggestions, you know, say, hey, it lines 696, you said... <laughs> Sorry. You said the and it should be these or something, you know, I don't know. Or this sentence doesn't make sense. So we go back and forth with them. I, they send it to us with what they think we should correct. And we decide whether or not we want to correct it and send it back. And then it goes to um, uh, the graphics department. Like, well, how do you want your book to look? Do you want to use, you know, white paper? Do you want to use cornbread paper? Do you want to use, you know, uh all these different things you don't even realize that go into making a book, you know, and then there's the art aspect of it. Um, how does the cover, how do you want the cover to look, you know? And so, uh, we did that and, um, yeah, then it was a little bit of time and we had like a, a physical copy of the book and we had to approve it. And then, you know, we did some more things. So basically what we did was self-published through a non-traditional... I mean, we self-published through a traditional type publisher for them to do all of the extra work. The editing, the, the graphic arts, the um, quasi-marketing. Because they didn't do a whole lot of marketing, but they did things that we didn't want to do, you know. But it came with a price. Okay. Um, so... I'm not sure if that answers your question, but <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Zero, actually. Um, what is the so? What was the entire time span on that? Like, how long did it take overall? Uh, it took us a year or so mm-hmm. to actually write the book. Um, I thought it would take like a month or two, <laughs> but uh, that goes back to the whole marriage thing. You know, my wife was just like, you know, we need we need time like to let stuff marinate do we want this to really go into it and for me I was just like look we got books to sell so we need to be trying to finish this right now (laughs) and uh, she's like no like I just don't feel that like we need to and so it was this pull and push you know from you know between the two of us so it took us about a year to actually write it Okay. and then almost a year for it to go through publishing um, because it has to go back and forth between us and the editors, us and the graphic arts department, of us and just the standard waiting time for everything to 
you know, be synced for it to be available to the public. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, in, you know, having to do all that and then the other, you know, you being a musician and um, doing motivational speaking, how do you keep yourself in a creative headspace and really stay focused, especially with all of the kind of chaotic news that comes out pretty much every day? And I, I always ask creators that come on here, how do they keep themselves focused, you know, to block that out? Man, rest. <laughs> I, I, I live by it. Um, I know it seems like a uh uh easy thing or a, a silly thing, but rest. Mm-hmm. Like you don't realize how much more creative you can be when your body has had time to do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so for me Sundays are very important um to 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 just be with my family and just relax and not think about anything. It's like I get really frustrated when I have to go somewhere. Like if we, like if my wife didn't cook or order food or whatever, and I have to go to the store to get something, mm-hmm. I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is my day to do nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's how Larry is about Sundays because you're kind of in the zone, and I am too, kind of. You're in the zone to kind of prep for Monday. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, no, I'm sorry. I said in rest. You can go ahead. No, yeah, but that's it. Like rest, and um, I, I believe in vacations. Like I think you need it. Like I think when you come back from vacation, like your body is is ready to work. It's ready to develop and create because it had time to get out the jump. I think a lot of times we go and go and go and go and our mind doesn't know what to think. So it just starts putting out crap. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So once you get away and take time to just relax and just not think or in, in relation to rest, I also think it's important to like read um i'm a heavy reader well i don't read a lot but i, I do take in a lot of information um i think like dealing with marriage like half of the stuff that we talk about dealing with marriage um especially on our videos didn't come from reading a marriage book or didn't come from uh uh watching some uh uh documentary on marriage like half of it came from just taking in information from different sources that I would have never thought. Like, I'm a big fan of The Breakfast Club, you know, so I'll watch that and I'll be listening to their interviews and something that doesn't have anything to do with marriage will, like, come across, you know, from one of the the artists or whatever. And it's like, man, like, that's dope. I would have never thought about that. And then that thought will lead to, you know, what about this? What about that? Oh, that relates to marriage in this area. Well, I didn't think about that. It, It just takes on its own form. So I think reading and, you know, being, absorbing information, you know, not to learn, but just to to learn, you know, something different. And also, um, I think third thing, the third thing I think is just not being afraid to be different. Like it's a lot of, excuse me, it's a lot of uh, copycats. You know, everybody's like trying to trend and, like 
for me, I kind of shun the trends. It's like if everybody's doing it, I don't want to do it no more. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's it. Like just not being afraid to be different. Like be you. Like that's what God created you to be is is you. So be that. Like be cool with that. If if people don't like it or don't understand it, as long as you're not doing something, you know, inappropriate or you know whatever, then like do it. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get the chance to watch the show Married at First Sight? Every Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> it's date so, night for me and my wife. Question that I've been like dying to ask you, and I wanted to make sure we had enough time because I'm going to wrap up soon, but I definitely wanted to ask you this question about Married at First Sight. So, okay. when you see shows like Married at First Sight, for example, do you agree with their portrayal of the marriage experience? And then what are some good and bad examples that you see there? Mm. Uh, their portrayal of the marriage experience is, is true in that marriage is definitely an experiment. It's, it's like a trial and error type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how the, um, how the experts use the unconventional methods to like, like match them, mm-hmm. but I dislike how it kind of paints the picture that if this marriage doesn't go the way that I envision it, then we can just get a divorce just like that, you know. Because I think where 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 it fails, well, that show fails in my opinion. Um, so I don't need nobody writing me and getting trying try to get sued. It's just my opinion. <laughs> but I, right, disclaimer, right? Like, but I think where it kind of fails is that a lot of people watch that show and take it for truth. Like, okay, so I can just marry you, and if I don't like you, you know, in eight weeks, two months, like, we just get divorced. Like, I, like we ain't got to do this. And it's like, if if, if marriage is supposed to be marriage, and it kind of goes back to the question, or like when I was telling Larry, like. If you're trying to be married and have a sincere marriage, then your marriage should be for life. The growth of it. Like, I, we can't grow in two months. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I get that this is an experiment. And so I do dig it from that aspect. And I think that it it is it's fun and it does require a level of, you know, faith in the experts to know that they matched you. But they can match you, but they can't keep you together. That's where you have to put in the work. Right. And grow and and get life from that experience. And it, it can't, your marriage can't be an experiment. I, I mean, a two-month experiment. It has to be a life-committed experiment where, hey, we tried this, it didn't work. Hey, we tried this one, it sort of worked. So let's see if how this works if I do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's all it ever is. Like, even now, like, we've been married, you know, for several years, but it's still an experiment because I'm always trying, like, I don't know how she's going to like this. Let me try it. And then it <laughs> blew up in my face. I'm like, oh, well, not to use that one no more. <laughs> you know, uh, so, I, again, I don't know if that answered your question, but I hope so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
So in wrapping up, can you tell our listeners how to find your book and, you know, get in contact with you if they like to hear more from you? Yeah. Um, so you can go to um, anywhere books are sold. And the book is called I Do But How Do I by Ed and Sharita Gray. And it's literally on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, any, anywhere books are sold, you can find it. Um, or you can just go to our website at howtoido.org. Excuse me. And there's a, a link right there that says, you know, get your book now or something like that. And you can get a link to, you know, Amazon or somewhere and get the book like immediately. Um, or, you know, if you just want to try it out, like there's also like a free chapter that we give. We give the first chapter uh, free if you scroll on down. Um, so that you can see if, if, if you want to buy it or whatever. And uh, as far as social media goes, we are everywhere at the how to I do with Ed and Sharita. And, uh, that's it. Well, Ed, man, we want to thank you for being on the show. And, uh, thank you guys for having me. It's been a great episode. I love the way how you, you know, articulate and you just put such a, a valid point. In um in in a in a, a great perspective, in the in the, the question that was asked, and uh, man, like I said, man, we appreciate you. Keep doing your thing, and we hope to have you back, man. If you ever, oh, for sure. you know, got anything new or another project coming up, man, just feel free to to uh, reach out to us. We'll do, man. And and uh, I thank you guys, both of you guys, for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Um, this has been an honor to be on y'all's show, man. Y'all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would definitely be happy to come back anytime. Just you know, hit me up. Love you guys, and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And like Larry was saying, we're very happy to have you on, and always welcome you back. I just want to do a read a few housekeeping things that I didn't do at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so yeah, we thank all of our listeners for joining us today, and. We really, really, really are passionate about spreading the message about gifted autonomy and making sure that creatives know there is a space that they can come and talk about their journeys, unjudgmental, just a creative space for you. So we definitely want to get that out there. Um, We encourage, if you want to be uh, interviewed on the show, to email us at ashleytheletternmedia at gmail.com. If you're a visual artist, an author, business owner, writer, musician that would like to be featured on the show, we're always taking more interviews. We're actually booking for May now. And our interviews are always recorded on Saturdays for your convenience. So hopefully that's that's a plus as well. And as always, please hit the subscribe button for us in the Apple Podcast Store and follow Gifted Autonomy on Spotify. You can leave a review as well if you would like. You can also find more information about the show at AN Media on Facebook, Ashley N Media on Twitter, and Ash the Wordsmith on Instagram. And also, if you're into totally unpredictable science fiction plots about time travel and purpose, you can head over to Barnes & Noble online and purchase my second novel entitled Autoscopy. I promise you will not regret it. And until then, next time, like we said, we thank you for coming on. Ed, today we were very excited about the interview and it didn't disappoint. <laughs> Definitely. So hopefully did take notes and can can better their marriage from what you were saying and be inspired by your story and if there's nothing yeah if there's nothing else uh 
I think we'll sign on out. That was a good wrap up. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you.